0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risks to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com.
0: Delicious cold water. On a bright and sunny Saturday morning, it's beautiful, I got the windows open, the sun is out, and we're talking about social media. So stay tuned, we're going to review this article, why the past 10 years of American life has been uniquely stupid, that blames social media for the uh, totality of our ills, sort of, um, and we're going to debate its merits, so stay tuned.
1: Warning, this show is for adults by semi-adults so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Ah, I don't know what I said, Uh ah! Welcome to The Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent, libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. You know, when...
0: It's like uh, spring semester in college. Maybe some of you remember this. I had this a couple years ago when I was actively going to school. It's dormant right now, but I'll go back. I promise. You get to like mid-April and the weather shifts, and then you've lost all interest in doing any of your homework because you just want to go outside. That's exactly how all three of us feel today, (laughs) but... We are here because we have made a commitment to being consistent in 2022 and not missing a show. Uh, And so we are putting on our big girl panties and we are here doing a show for you and we are excited about our conversation today. But I gotta be honest, Harry, my mind and heart is outside because it is perfectly sunny and 83 degrees and I'm I'm ready. Like...
2: Mm. Mm. See that? Get that? Getting ready for that Midwest just, burn? In yep. This isn't your only fan. That's the.
3: <laughs>
0: I got my got my uh, gym my gym socks pulled all the way up half way up my calves, ready to do some weed eating. I've got my white New Balance on. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get outside. I'm gonna do a clean burn of the Big Green Egg and clean that out too. We're gonna plant yeah. some flowers.
3: You're wearing uh, sandals with those white socks, I hope, right?
0: No, no, no. These are white. I mean,
3: you've got to be full dad mode. Yeah. Right? So you have to wear black sandals we, or something.
0: So we went to, uh, you know, she's three, and Reagan was at an event last night, and so we went out to Lowe's. We are going to the garden store, Damon's Lawn and Garden, which my cousins mm-hmm. own, and they were closed. So we ended up at Lowe's, and so we got flowers there, which are of poorer quality, but so be it. Um and so she's been all morning. She's like, "When are we going to plant these flowers?" So I wonder, as soon as we get this podcast done, uh, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> and then also uh, also joining us, hey, Harry, say hello to the people.
2: Hi everybody!
0: Just uh, yeah. So, are you I ready to too. get out and uh, get it ready to get outside today?
2: Yeah, it's eighty degrees. I I want to get my car. I want to open up the garage, get all the leaves and other junk that I've pulled into the garage. It's uh, it's. You know, I want to get the RX-8 out and running, get this compression test done, you know, put some miles on that rotary.
0: What are you going to to do? Earth Day. Reinhold, are you going to get out?
3: I want to so badly. It's so nice out. I've got eight, you know, I got 40 acres, so I've got a lot of mowing to do. I've got a a Ford Taurus that's half tore apart because I got to get the brake booster out. So I was working on it last night and it got dark and I had to stop. So I want to finish that. I've got trees to cut i got so much stuff to do right now
0: yeah i mean and i'm feeling and i'm feeling better it's the first time i mean in early april so we have read the article or read half the article and then the other half will be this coming wednesday's bonus show but in the bonus episode for we are libertarians uh patreon you can hear me talk about my uh my challenge with a MRSA Uh, it is officially a an antibiotic resistant MRSA infection uh And I think I got it at the gym, kind of leaning my head back on the walls of the YMCA uh, steam room. Uh, Joining us also here is the pastor of Disaster Vaughn, the the social media (laughs) disaster today, as you'll hear. Um, And so I I went to my fifth doctor's appointment in two weeks on it. And uh, it's on the back of my neck, and it like swelled up really bad and, and huge. And I was really, really sick for like a week and a half. But we were consistent with the show. That's again, it's 2022, or the year of consistency. Yeah, and uh, yeah. go ahead, Harry.
2: And, and any rumors of an assassination attempt on me to Chris is completely unfounded.
0: <laughs> it's true. I he did not try to kill me. This was me killing me. I woke up one Monday and I had like a lima bean, and then the next thing I knew, it was like the entire back of my head was swollen. Ended up in the ER, and so I finally went for a checkup uh, with the dermatologist uh, a couple days ago. And Harry, what do you think, if you go to the dermatologist and he gives you, like, a protocol for dealing with your MRSA infection, what do you think his advice would be? Well,
2: usually for me it would be, like, here's some ibuprofen and some lotion and just, you know, get some rest.
0: He wants me to take a bath one time a week in bleach, and he gave me some antibiotic ointment to rub on my anus. What? What what kind of, what? What? Are you are you in Gary? Is this Michael Jackson's doctor? No. no, so apparently you bathe in bleach and it kills the MRSA, and then you have this antibiotic ointment you're supposed to put in your nose and on your fingernails, and apparently there can be a colony of staph infection on your anus. But oh, I, 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 I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do
4: it. It's just not going to happen. I, I knew a guy who used to treat his. Uh, poison ivy by scrubbing it with a wire brush and Comet. oh what why what no no (laughs) No. he said it took care of it (laughs) okay Uh, Vaughn
3: has what it does with the wire is it breaks up all the postules and stuff at one time Uh, it's all out of there cleans it all up
0: Reinhold, so Reinhold had to. Does. His great grandmother did that to him back in thirty. Yeah, remember we
3: didn't have actual doctors back in the day. We <laughs> had to wiping his out butthole stuff on with
0: corn cobs. <laughs> isn't what it crazy did? to? Isn't it crazy to think that like toilet paper wasn't popular till the twenties and thirties, and so people just used corn cobs to wipe their butt.
3: <laughs> oh, ouch. I found that last night that actually brushing your teeth with toothbrush and and toothpaste wasn't something that was a thing until after World War II. Really? And all the G.I.s who were taught to do that during the war brought it back and they started doing yeah. it. Before then, people would just take, like, salt and uh,
4: rub it with their well, teeth. Huh. With their in, ancient Rome. in ancient Rome, they used a sponge on a stick and everyone used the same sponge. Oh, gosh. You know, it's it's
0: crazy because yeah. this, this uh, infection would have killed me a hundred years ago. You know, it's just amazing the times that we live in what we survive and, like... It's uh, we're very fortunate to live in America in 2022, despite what social media tells you. Uh, so, Vaughn, you are a uh, an associate pastor at a, a yeah. small church in Ohio. You have the most like small church background imaginable. <laughs> You've got like. You've got you know the old filing cabinet with a random hanger, <laughs> with, the, with the random Bibles up there, with the the basket that you probably use for collection. It's very funny. You
4: Like my sheepskin?
0: Uh, <laughs> is there just a random sheepskin on
4: the on the stairs? My uh, my mother in law gave it to me. There's this Christian movie that was really popular about 20 years ago. Something that anybody outside of Christian circles has probably never seen. But it was this old time preacher who always carried a sheepskin around with him to pray on mm-hmm. so she raises sheep so she decided I needed a sheepskin when I became a pastor and so you put it on the the red velvet carpet <laughs> that leads to the baptistry right <laughs>
0: <laughs> well all right let's get into it uh we gotta we gotta get to work here uh first I want to thank everybody who is a patron everybody that makes this network exist uh if you want to join you can join um at joinwall dot I'm off of my game. joinwallplus.com dot com. That's W A L for We Are Libertarians. And you're gonna get all kinds of great benefits to subscribing like access to Wednesday Night Live, our weekly show just for patrons. Access to the complete archives of the show and ad free episodes. Plus you'll be supporting the ba- the last bastion of true libertarianism that's left. It's pretty sad out there. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so you are you are going to be supporting all of our great shows. Thank you especially to our $100 a month members, Vincent Peichel, Lars Nordskog, Jake Edel, Matthew Durbin, Ryan Hold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the article that many people are discussing. Many people. Some are saying it's the greatest article of all time. Uh, It is Jonathan Haidt's article, it's the uh, lead in The Atlantic, it's 19 pages printed out, there's a ton here. Uh, I spent an hour kind of reading the first half to set up this episode, Uh, and I thought it was very thought-provoking and interesting, and Reinhold and Vaughn don't, and you'll hear why they're wrong. I don't know what Harry, Harry Harry didn't even know what we were talking about today, and uh, he's... Oh, hey, What are we talking about? It's like the uh, the article that I mentioned. You know, you can go listen to the reading of the first half and commentary, the annotated version. Uh, I, I don't, I don't get the bonus show. <laughs> so, uh, but Harry has all kinds of thoughts on social media, and he's called it the lead pipes of Rome. So I think he probably agrees more in line with me. But uh, just to give you a summation of of this, Jonathan Haight is a researcher. Uh, he wrote with Greg Lu- Lukanoff, I think is his name. He's head of fire, and they wrote a book called uh, Coddling of the American Mind. Uh, and Hate is a very well-respected researcher and kind of, you know, in between and not, not uh, necessarily on one team or the other. But he does go on Barry Weiss's podcast, which means Dennis Pro- or Reinhold probably doesn't like him. Uh, <laughs> you know, leftism, Harry. <laughs> and so he, that was an unfair shot. Reinhold just sits and takes it now. <laughs> um, and so, he starts off with the, the story of Babel and talking about how Babel, if you're not familiar with it, uh, they're building a tower, I probably should let the pastor explain it, but they're building a tower uh, up to heaven and God and the angels come and scramble everybody's language to kind of create, you know, a lot of confusion and uh, his version of the modern tower is social media And the the major transition that we've been going through over the last 20 years with it. Excuse me. Um, So, you know, maybe one of you guys, while I cough, can kind of explain the internet in one minute or less up until about 2014 when social media like really started. Because social media up to like 2012, 2013 was like, wasn't very viral. And that's kind of what he talks about. He's like, you know, Facebook and MySpace were, like, posting pictures yourself. You know, what are you up to? Oh, I'm at home. You know, very boring stuff. And then it, then they added the like button, the share button, the retweet button, and that's when the virality kicked in and really changed things. So, Harry, what was the internet like in the before times?
2: The internet was in a... Beautiful, amazing series of tubes that connected things together. Uh, it's like a internet- tube. <laughs> well, technically, it kind of is. It kind of tubes, but basically, it's just a bunch of computers all talking to each other and sending different code and bits back to each other. But the internet in the before times was a magical open place full of, uh, how can you say, like a, of, travel blogs and chat rooms and muds geo, and cities, people, and yeah, geo cities and yeah, cities people creating sites bartleby.com
0: you went there and you and, could read old books and
2: yeah. and the cool thing with the internet it also had a bunch of search engines so you have to find some of the stuff that it was out there that was the main driving force between how google got so popular because of the way it would have their spiders go out and crawl and find different things on the internet and then people got very excited because they could find things out there that were different weird something outside of their normal or just finding people like them but they also wanted to be able to share that with people in their own like physical community or people that they know and that was a piece that was missing to a lot of people because back in the day instead of like you know the social media that we see it, it was like uh, bbs boards and P- you would only be on boards that your other people who had boards on or someone had or maintained a board
0: so i was on bbw boards uh so what what is the internet now for most people
2: now the internet is Facebook and Twitter for, and Instagram for most people. Well, technically, it's, it's it's just no more. Well, Meta, whatever it's calling itself these days, that's most people's internet. So, like, I, I get frustrated a lot of people when they say like, "Oh, I've got to have this new powerful computer," but all they really do is get on a web browser and go to <laughs> go to Facebook or you know, or Meta or so Meta and Twitter. And I'm like, you, you you don't need a computer; you need a terminal. No, we're
0: calling it Facebook. <laughs> we're not calling it Meta. We're not participating in that. It's Facebook. <laughs>
4: i mean thank you i can't keep meta straight it,
0: it's just a not doing it i'm not doing it i hate this company you know i was an early adopter i loved the promise of social media like i have a career everything i do didn't exist when i graduated high school like podcasting video editing which it, it existed but like it was eight hours to render a transition it was ridiculous um and Remember you know the, out of college the, render wars yeah I mean, it you know, so when 2005 it came to IUPY I was on Facebook. I'm number 19 million out of like the 3 billion people that are on it. I mean, I was an early adopter all, to all this stuff and trying to get my local radio station on social media to promote it. That's how I got the job at Bob and Tom nine years ago is that I had become really adept at social media. But you had a lot of organic growth. And over the last decade, Facebook has really like broken its promise with every creator that it it exists on their platform. You can't get organic reach. You have to pay them for any kind of reach. You have to... Remember when your local dentist office was like on a profile and then they said, no, you got to go to a page and they incentivized you to go through a page. And they always do this, right? Like there's always the new hot product. Use live video. Uh, Use... Reels, and, and we'll give you some algo lift until we steal somebody else's product, and then you'll have to use that because it's completely worthless. Like, you know, I talked a little bit about the, in the bonus episode just uh, uh, about some of this, um, but Facebook in particular, I think, is the most unethical of the companies. I don't trust them at all. And so I really, you know, when I read this article about... um You know, he he talks. He uses the term techno-democratic optimism, and I would definitely consider myself a techno-democratic optimist. That's why I'm so discordant with a lot of the uh, the paleo conservative libertarians, because they are like, well, we just need to all be growing our own food and living in a field uh, and in a (laughs) cabin. And isn't isn't Ted Kaczynski great? Um, But I really like. I I think that. Technology is a good, a force for good in a lot of ways, as I know Vaughn wants to outline. But I I think we'd be crazy not to admit that there are some serious problems, and he talks a lot about in this article the issues with young women in particular, uh, and the doubling of hospital admittance for suicide amongst teen girls, and... You know, there was another article in National Affairs about some of this that talks a lot about uh, the, the increase in suicidal feelings and thoughts since 2014 amongst teenagers, and there was the leaked uh, data that was from Facebook that Facebook didn't want out there but is out there now, is published in the Wall Street Journal last year, basically saying, yeah, teens all tell us that it's Instagram's fault. <laughs> they all say... It is the constant comparison game that they're playing. Their entire world is on social media, and parents don't know what to do because if they say you can't get on these social media apps, they don't have a social life. Uh, so I think all of us oldsters here who had a social life outside of any kind of social media remember what that was like and uh, how different it is now, which I think plays into to some of this. Um, but, you know, he talks about how the the, the new game... Uh, is encouraging dishonesty and mob dynamics because the old Facebook, the old internet was about connecting with friends and family. But then along the way, in order to juice the amount of time that people spend, they've gamified things, specifically your brain to get you to spend three out of every five minutes on Facebook, which are the statistics that, that is pretty well known. And they, uh, users are not guided just by their true preferences, but by their past experiences of reward and punishment and their prediction of how others would react to new, each new reaction. One of the engineers at Twitter, who had worked on the retweet button, revealed that he regretted his contribution because it made Twitter a nastier place. We just handed a four-year-old a loaded weapon. Uh, and when they created the viral loop that I was talking about, it started to make people more performative. It started to move away from you know, if I call Harry on the phone or we he comes over and we barbecue together, you're building connection. But on Facebook, if we're talking, it's usually trying to one-up each other. It's performative. It's trying to draw people to our sides. I'm having that fight with Rob Kendall right now on my Facebook page about the DeSantis stuff uh, because he's this is the greatest champion of liberty ever, and I'm like, he just raised taxes on two counties and saddled them with a billion-dollar in-kind contribution. Um, and so so it's Rob and I going back at each other on this stuff for the audience, right? For the people reading this. It's not us connecting or having a dialogue. We've talked all of this to death here on the show. Um, but there's going to be... I read in uh, that National Affairs article by Chris Griswold. Uh, I don't remember the title. But you can go in, and search National Affairs Chris Griswold and find it. And he he takes an interesting tact in order to justify the... Um, the regulation of big social media companies in that they're because users are the product and because they specifically target teenagers and Gen Z that they are performing labor for these companies and therefore violating child labor laws and we need to regulate this like tobacco And I think the tobacco stuff, I want to do a history episode on the regulation of big tobacco because I think that's exactly where this is headed. That's exactly where the conversation on both the left and right is turning towards government action to fix these, what I think are very real problems with uh, both teens and and just the breakdown of social fabric, which he kind of goes on to talk about. Um, But, you know, his argument is that you you are getting teens addicted to your product so they can perform labor for you so you can get time on the platform so therefore you can sell advertising. Uh, and that it, therefore it's unethical and you're using children and so we have the right to regulate you. I don't think there's any one of the four of us that even remotely agrees with that and thinks that's a good idea. There's no possible way that the government regulating the internet of any in any way, shape, or form is going to... Uh, fix the problem but I I do think that there's a a problem I think there's I think it's kind of insane to say that the that things haven't changed for our brains for our society for the way that we govern for the way that we consume media Um, and in some ways it's not been healthy it's not been good Harry do you agree with that premise
2: Well, yeah, it has not been good for some people. Some people have not been able to experience the fire hose of data, which is social media or that how the technology is working for them. It's, just is what it is. It's. Did you it wait just, for
0: me to cut you off? Is. That-
2: <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for you to cut me off. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was just saying that it's just a, it's the same thing when the internet first started. Like when if people was when you were getting online in like ninety nine and ninety eight, something like that. Some people weren't even ready for that. Schools weren't even ready for that. The the amount of they were trying to like you have to use a book for a reference is like well I've got the exact same information from this book right here on this web page. Why can't I use this web page for as a reference <laughs> in, my, in my paper? <laughs> you know, or you sit there and uh, you, you can be able to think. Some things just aren't ready, and something takes a while to catch up to the new, you know to new product. To that that's thought. It's just
0: it is what it is. Uh, Vaughn, go ahead.
4: Well, I just dropped a a link in the chat to another study, and see, one of the issues is you cherry people cherry pick studies to. Um, defend their own view on a thing. The study I just dropped in was done by Columbia. It was released in 2020, and it finds that there is absolutely no correlation between social media usage and depression in teens and young people. Now, while it is true that those things have risen, depression and social media usage and all of that stuff have risen in those age groups, that's correlation. That's not causation necessarily, and the science is still out. I don't think we've proven that it's the social media that's causing it. I think there are a lot more other issues going on in our society right now that are causing it. Now, social media is an amplification tool, so it can be used to amplify some of those more root causes, but fixing social media won't fix the problem. But, like, uh, you know, other than the pandemic, which is only the last
0: two years, what massive change has happened in the last decade other than the rise of social media and smartphones?
4: Dennis's turn. That
0: that would cause a doubling of hospitalizations and, sure. you know, massive increases. Uh, other than an unhealthy use of technology,
3: uh, a bunch of things. Uh, first of all, there's the outrage culture that has preglomigated. Okay,
0: produced by society. what?
3: Well, produced by uh, mostly uh, politicians and media. Mm-hmm. You got. Uh, Harry. You got now. You've got since two thousand and one when. happened, CNN, Mm -hmm. Fox. All of those have been nothing but constant things to be paid attention to. And then people started taking advantage of this, getting their message out, creating division. We've had nothing but division creation in this country since the mid to late 2000s. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. Social media is a... Symptom. It is a tool that is being used, but it's not the only thing that's doing this. We've got, like I said, media, politicians, all this stuff is going on and nobody's, and we don't have good sources of information, news sources, things like that, that we can all agree upon to use. Mm-hmm. So we're creating separate universes for people. Realities, mm-hmm. the realities are literally different. Mm-hmm. So we can't have a common communication with each other. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, social media rising and being part of that is uh, is being affected by that, but I, it's not
4: causing it. Mm-hmm. The causing also, of
3: that is what we're doing.
4: Yeah, and I would put climate change in there as well. If you talk, I mean, you guys... Harry, climate mean, change is causing people to... No, march. no, 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 listen... Listen, to climate
0: climate change is making them crazy. No, know. I'm not
4: saying climate change is. I'm saying the fear around climate change is. All right. Okay. About, all right. I can so, see that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Think I, about I, the propaganda these kids are being taught about. Like, and I don't, uh, climate change is real. I'm not denying that at all. But think about the way it's being presented to these kids day in and day out. If we don't fix this in two years, the world is doomed. If we don't fix this in five years, the world is doomed. If we don't, and so these kids... So many young people are like nihilists to the extreme because they literally do not believe they don't have hope that the world will exist in 40 years, yeah.
0: Right, so they yeah. don't want to
4: have kids, so yeah, that's gonna create that. depression,
2: yeah. yeah. There's a lot of that. I remember because, like, all right, so past uh, this past Thursday, um, was my birthday, and I was congratulations, so like, I'm 37 years old and I didn't think I would even make it this far. And I'm like, oh my god, you're know, like, and you take it, but like, it's not a, a depression, like, I think I'm gonna like. Self delete. This is like, I was always told the earth was going to be completely destroyed from our actions by this time. You know, mm-hmm. you know what's the retirement count? Just say screw it. Let's, this whole thing is going to go burn up. Thank you, Gen X, for like giving that nihilism to the other generations. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's that idea that, like, yeah, these kids really do believe that everything, you know, like they're taught, like, these. That the world isn't going to make it because these greedy oil companies or, or and mm-hmm. everyone else is polluting, and if you don't do your part that something's going on, and they're getting hit by that type of propaganda and also being ill taught about like climate change, which also has the reverse effect of turning people into climate change deniers. Because if you can do like math, you go like, look okay, this doesn't make any sense because there's things called like the carbon cycle.
0: But I, I yeah, I, it's but, not that you guys are wrong, but think of the the amount of volume and velocity that is involved here like when you when you're talking about seeing a poster on a wall in a school and uh, a couple sections in a class you know once a month yeah that can have an effect but we're talking about two to four minutes every five minutes that these kids are on on this stuff i mean
4: (laughs) i think you're uh, underestimating how much of it they're getting from (laughs) the schools
0: they're getting a lot of that from the school, but a lot of it is still backed
2: up from social media. I don't blame the internet. The internet no. is just a tool to connect computers yeah. together, but social media is blastering this stuff. We have proof that mm. Facebook has done freaking mental experiments onto people so they can convince people to do different things. You know, And, and improbably done code can do some um, um, amazing things.
0: Awful but that's sort back. of the point. Is and the constant yeah. reinforcing of this information is the problem? Correct. It's the viral, yeah. the viral loop no. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. The, problem yeah, the is gamification the of, of the it, outcome. keeping you, keeping you coming back, keeping you
2: like the same thing with like a YouTube in the beginning of it when YouTube first started. Like people were just putting videos out there, and then when YouTube wanted to compete with Netflix, it started to mess with his algorithm so it could get type of Game of Thrones quality content, squish things everything to ten minutes, and you got all these like ten minute videos, and everyone started making ten minute videos to make different. Things out, you know, to, be, to hit with that span. Then, then they started to the prioritizing ten minute videos. Then prioritizing that you upload every day. So this loop of YouTubers having to make these videos, ten minute videos every day, and ever so often, just stay with the algorithm loop. It created that thing. Go ahead, Vaughn.
4: I was just going to say, um, saying that YouTube or social media is the source of the problem. That's not true. The source of the problem is the sources of the information and if you look at the like the polarization that's one of the things that height is claiming is caused by social media no the polarization problem was happening before social media if you look at the stuff that most of the crazy like your crazy aunt or your crazy uncle are posting they're mm-hmm. getting it from fox news they're getting it from own they're getting it from msnbc they're getting it from mother jones so social but media is But what 13 a year old for-
0: girl is watching mother jones on youtube
4: you You'd be surprised,
0: actually. Um, I know your kids are nerds, but like,
4: I mean, <laughs> no, the, the, I,
0: I would think that it would be source. more, I would think that it would be more the what the, exactly what the children are saying when surveyed re- repeatedly and in large groups. So, so you, is you're that trusting the,
4: the, children to know what their problems are caused by.
0: I think it's a perfectly valid signal when Facebook has data that leaks and they constant. I'll have to go grab the article and read the statistics to you. But why wouldn't we listen to them when they say that the constant comparison game is the main problem, that's mm-hmm. the main source of my self-esteem issues? And, and as a pastor, I think we can both agree that when a person is constantly turned inward and in thinking about themselves and comparing themselves to others and coveting what other people have, it creates a sickness of the soul, it creates a, a, a very toxic cycle that is hard to break out of when you are picking up your phone 2,200 times a day. But you don't fix
4: that by stopping social media.
2: Kids are watching Own and Mother Jones stuff like that, but they're getting it through ten minute videos of their favorite YouTuber describing it. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know we talked about Slimely last week. Let's go ahead and let's talk about this Mother Jones article I have right here, or this Fox News article. They're still getting it. They're just getting it, yep. you know, mushed down in, from that different accent, But they're still getting it in here on social media stuff like that. Yep. No, like, the, and the complete comparison game. They get it all the time. I have to deal with that stuff. We talk about it all the time in like my yoga class and like different martial arts that we do. That there is yoga and martial arts for Instagram but here's reality so many people hurt themselves <laughs> in yoga because they try to get a certain yoga pose there's a scene on instagram and they try to or they rush for that pose and their body's not ready and they end up blowing out their knee they're you know hurt their back because they're trying to get a certain angle a certain pose you know i'm sorry that.
4: someone getting injured doing yoga has me in stitches no
2: it it happens no no trust me there's tons of yoga injuries just because you're on a map, uh, Matt. Oh, and I know. You're just stretching like you can hurt yourself. There's uh, several different poses that people try before their body is ready and they just completely just blow out their knee. They blow out their knee uh, yeah, because they're just not ready. They they have too much weight in an area or their hamstrings are just too tight and they force themselves in there because gravity will help them. They blow out their knee. The standing, What is it? Standing heel to toe. That one usually gets people or uh, doing um, uh, what is it? Not uh What's the back? Yeah, a lot of the back bends before, like, the, like a lot of people see me do my back bends, but, like, I've got a warm up. There's a whole bunch of exercises I do. So that, like, I'm able to back bend, you know, just for some effect from wrestling and just doing different yoga
3: poses. So oh, oh. it's the yoga podcast now. <laughs> <Can't
4: be. laughs> well, I come back to goat <laughs> we, yoga. Can we talk about we wrestling. Talk about I know about that. No, yeah. Well, we go, yeah. Go, about go, go, group, go ahead, Ryan Holt.
0: Ryan hold, go ahead.
3: Well, when we talk about the issue, and Jackie has a point too, So it's that like Instagram helps make girls feel bad about themselves because body dysphoria and things like that. People, you know, there's a lot of body issues that are going on, but that was also being done by Cosmopolitan and all the Photoshopping done in magazines and all this stuff. So it's happening. Social media is amplifying it. It's, it's getting it into their brains more often. Instead of reading one Cosmo
0: a month. For five minutes, you're seeing a Cosmo not, 15 times a minute. I mean, that's the why right, it's
3: amplifying, It's amplifying the problem, but it's not the problem. It's, you know, we can tamp down the amplification, but then we lose all the positive benefits of that amplification tool as well. And we never fix right? the problem. Yep.
0: Which is?
4: I mean, it's, it's just... How people deal with each other. Yeah, not teaching people how to deal with those things. Um, there's a cup. Co- many of the tech people I follow, you know... I listen to tons of tech podcasts, but many of them have frank and open discussions with their children about how to use social media. And they mm-hmm. don't ban it from them. They let them use it, but they're like, okay, here's are the things you gotta work watch out for. Here are the things you gotta worry about. And whoa, I'm telling whoa, you whoa, 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 whoa. Are you saying ge- that they that
0: people should parent and let uh, instead of letting the government parent? What are you absolutely? Talking about?
4: And honestly, if you look at it in whole, Gen Z on the whole is actually better at using social media in a healthy way than boomers, especially, but especially the older generations, because they're learning the rules of how to do it.
0: Harry, do you
2: agree? Uh, I, I think that's a false comparison to compare anything to boomers, because boomers use everything terribly.
0: Well, well I would say... Uh, i destroyed I, our world, people. Here's a good we comparison. Glass
2: jar, we had glass jars, paper bags, things were biodegradable and reusable. Then boomers <laughs> came around. It's Reinhold's fault. He should have stopped them. He's not even really a boomer. Hey, He's Gen, like...
3: Gen X, Gen X. tried Gen X to X stop the to boomers. Them. We hate the boomers more than the millennials do, and I don't think people understand, or uh, they underestimate just how badly that uh, hate is. I,
0: I, I do think that you have... Uh, Vaughn, what was your last point? I was. I, just, I knew I'd lose it. Um, um,
4: that That the newer generations are starting ah. to better understand how to use these tools.
0: Yeah, so I think a good comparison is my age bracket. I'm 38 you know, at the spear of the millennials. And when these tools came along, I saw an opportunity to be self-promotional. And it's pretty, it it would be impossible for me to scrub myself from the internet. Because I I use, I saw it (laughs) as an opportunity to grow a personal brand, to grow things like this podcast, to use it as a promotional platform. And I see in those little time hops that you get on Facebook, there's a market shift in like 2012. Just exactly yeah. right in the time frame that Height is talking about, you know it's it's like, and you do this too if you go and look. It's like Chris Spangle is at home, had a long day, had, like very like n- mm-hmm. vanilla stuff, right? And then it becomes very self promotional. And when I've had Gen Z interns, or I have, you know, the, uh, you know, my sister in laws are all like yeah. under twenty four, um, down to sixteen, and. They are not on Facebook. Really, they have an account maybe, but they don't, you know, they they don't post personal stuff about their lives. Like nope. Gen Z has has seen the wreckage of millennials and the sex scandals and the leaked internet pictures and all that stuff, which is I think why Snapchat caught on, but that's dying too. Like TikTok's where it's at, and that in a lot of ways TikTok is kind of wholesome compared to Facebook. Uh, it depends right like it's a, like the yeah. I, I don't know if it depends funny, on
4: what side of TikTok you're on
0: the apocryphal tale of the youth pastor talking about the dangers of TikToks and and booty shaking and then the girl <laughs> raises her hand and said it's all based on what you look at in the algorithm sir um but you know there. are so th- this article uh national affairs is from the aei which is a re- republican think tank and it's i'm i referenced it earlier it's called protecting children from Social Media." And he kind of talks about the defining the harm, which is, you know, the economic imperative of maximizing market share and not necessarily caring for their users in any way, shape, or form, which I don't think any of us could disagree that Facebook doesn't care about us. Uh, And Mm -hmm. social media executives see no moral dimension or limiting principle to their ambitions of increasing shareholder value. Uh, And so these are some of the, the leaked Instagram research that I was mentioning. Quote, Using Instagram makes body image challenges worse for one in three teen girls and social comparison struggles worse for one in five. Across teen boys and girls, one in five report feeling worse about themselves. The researchers asked a group of teenagers who had experienced one of the several mental or emotional health challenges in the past month whether a given issue had started on Instagram. An astounding 42% reported their feelings of not having enough money started on the platform. Uh, Perhaps an indication of the commercial impulses and what kids are shown on social media. So they didn't have enough money to buy something they wanted. Similar, 41% reported that feelings of not being attractive began on Instagram. 39% said the same regarding pressure to having a perfect image. And one in four indicated as much regarding their sense of not being good enough. A tenth reported that their depression began on Instagram 9% that their desire to self-harm did and 6% that their desire to kill themselves did in commentary attempting to mitigate these statistics Facebook clarified an error in the PowerPoint slide saying the estimates for wanted for wanted to hurt themselves and wanted to kill themselves should be flipped a major vector along with which this harm travels is social pressure a natural teenage phenomenon quote Teens blame Instagram for increases in the rates of anxiety, depression amongst teens, read the headline of one of their slides, which reported that unprompted and consistent across all groups, teens believe that constant comparison driven by social media is the reason why there are higher levels of anxiety and depression in young people. Teens who are already struggling with these issues are especially vulnerable. And teens are acutely aware that Instagram can be bad for their mental health, But it does not lead to disengaging. They feel compelled to using the service. And the addictive reality distortion quality of social media leads to harms beyond digitally amplified social pressures. Uh, And he just goes on to give more and more of these statistics, uh, including the way that TikTok drives extreme weight loss for young girls. As one dietician who treats such disorders bluntly concluded, the algorithm is just too freaking strong tiktok i mean this is about instagram tiktok has uh as a as a person who has worked as a social media director for 20 years tiktok is the culmination of a perfectly built platform to to game your brain uh and and you will just get lost for 45 minutes watching all of this, this content uh i will do it i'll do it occasionally i started using it in january for work and i'll be reading and i'll go i wonder what the uh castle in england that i'm reading about looks like pick up my phone 45 to 50 minutes later i'll be on tiktok watching aerosmith videos right so it's it just it's it it probably happens to you guys all the time too um Mm -hmm. now now that now a couple things about that and then vaughn you can respond uh big tobacco finally like they had the studies right like this is an instagram study they had the studies and then eventually once it once it all started leaking and they started getting pressure from governments they started saying ah the data is all flawed so that's he talks about that's probably where they're headed but you can't let up you got to regulate them this is poison vaughn it's killing our kids and for the children we must regulate social media
4: well here here's the problem with that number one shut down facebook shut down instagram shut down tiktok what happens Something new is going to come to replace them. Boom. There's not going to be a vacuum. Something new will come. Something that is just as bad or potentially worse. I mean, look at. I mean, why is it so bad for the U.S. to go in and overthrow bad dictators? Because we don't know what's going to who's going to replace them, right? Right. We could we could assassinate Putin, and then the next guy to come in makes Putin look like a, a peace child, loving hippie. He could be Z, Harry. It could be worse than yeah. Z even. So, and the same thing is true with social media. you know, if we get rid of those what what could replace them? But my biggest concern honestly i'm not- i mean facebook you aren't going to find me saying facebook is a is a good company um, My biggest problem with the article is the fear mongering, especially the one headline, which was um people are far stupider you know the how it's made people stupider in the past ten years. Well, I'm sorry, but you are greatly overestimate underestimating the stupidity of people throughout history.
0: (laughs) No, I think I think uh, uh, and and to be fair, Height talks about in the article. He's like, There's no going back. You're not putting this back. All we can do is work within these frameworks like the future of democracy, the future of how government operates, the future of the Republican and Democratic parties, the future of your kids' social lives. Like these are all permanently altered and Facebook intended to do that and did it and this is just where we're at so we need to figure out a way forward
4: i don't think they intended to change things facebook of course they did far less now they have far less control over how things have ended up than they want to pretend
0: zuckerberg in february 2012 when he's launching the ipo says today our society has reached another tipping point He wrote in a letter to investors, Facebook hoped to rewire the way people spread and consume information by giving them the power to share, and it would help them once again transform many of our core institutions and industries. That has happened. It may not have happened in the way that he thought it would, but it certainly transformed society
4: in a big way. We do. I mean, it's social media, and in some ways this is a larger conversation about the Internet. Many people are using social media, and the evils of social media really as a stand-in to talk about the evils of the internet overall. Um, and just this idea that the wrong people are being allowed to talk. And that's the part of the diatribe. That's the part of this that I especially don't like. I'm not saying height necessarily is specifically doing it, but a lot of the people who are glomming onto to his, his article here are talking about like you had Jeff. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. You had Matthew Iglesias, Right. Social media has democ- demac- democratized content and broadened the range of people able to participate in the discourse. And one thing it's done is prove that a huge share of the population is intellectual, lazy, and unworthy to participate. So you have Iglesias saying that the majority of people should not be allowed to have a voice. They should not be allowed to talk. And that's my biggest fear with where this uh, conversation is going, is that's what a lot of these people want. They want the gatekeepers back. They don't want to let people talk anymore. They don't want people to have a voice. They want to control that. They want to be able to say who can talk and who cannot. No, I think I, we've talked about this in
0: the past. I mean, that's the reason that the New York Times and all these news that they they want to kill Facebook because of yes, they the do. anger over stealing all of their classified ad money. Um, yep. But I will tell and you Craig's that, List. Fa- yeah, Craigslist and all that, Facebook is not getting the return anymore in the same way. Like, the the reality is Facebook is a dying product, but you're right, there's something that will, repla- that will replace it. But, Reinhold, isn't it true that people are dumber now because they're on their social media, they're, they're not reading books like they used to? <laughs>
3: um, so, there's a lot of reasons why people are dumber now. And actually one of those is something i saw in a documentary yesterday about the use of lead gasoline that actually lowered the iq of the planet by over 800 million collective points mm-hmm. during this last late later part of the 1990s 2000s 2010s so mm-hmm. that's one thing but that's that's not what we're talking about now the the clickbait headlines the um creation of the different realities the the being able to use propaganda so effectively when we have gatekeepers and we have the newspapers you limit a lot of that stuff because it's harder to once you have like people in charge they want to do it right they don't want to have bad consequences so they they start trying to sell police they do good journalism is what was coming out of that right now we have citizen journalism which is great but the propagation of propaganda and just outright lies that people believe starts to permeate and create these these different realities for people, and then there's no common knowledge or common understanding of what's going on that we can work from. There was a, a
0: but that's exactly what he talked. That's exactly what he talks about in the article. You and him actually agree. If you guys had read the article, oh, I do.
3: No, no, I, I'm not saying I completely disagree with everything he said. I'm just saying some of the conclusions and, and some of the fallacies he has in there give mm-hmm. people the wrong impression at the end of the day. yeah, there, There's a whole bunch of wrong with social media, uh, but, it, but there's a whole bunch wrong with a lot of regular media. There's a whole bunch wrong with politics in general. All of that is working in Congress with each other, and social media is just one of those outlets that's helping cause the problem. If we could get the root problem taken care of, the social media would be less of an issue,
0: yeah, because he talks about um you know one one result is that young people educated in the post Babel area are, are less likely to arrive at a coherent story of who we are as a people and less likely to share any story with those who attend different schools or who were educated in a different decade i, I that doesn't necessarily I see the the problems, but I also don't necessarily see that as a problem. You know, no. opening up the public square. That's why I have a problem with censorship on these platforms is closing yeah. down the public square and alienating voices because they posted a Jeffrey Dahmer meme uh, <laughs> is inherently bad. Like it, or a bleach meme. I mean, we've had a lot of, right, we've had a lot of people uh, come into, uh, you know, have more, prom- a lot of marginalized groups have a more prominent voice in this era than they did in the past because of that.
2: Yeah. Well, all right. So let me, I've actually had to type
0: in. Harry, I'm going to stop you before. right there. We can't let you talk. So uh, no, go, no, 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 go no, no.
2: I, uh, as someone who was an early enough to on the internet, you know, who's been on the internet for years, like I was actually pro uh, gatekeeping the rest of you losers on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the, like, they're making it easier. They're making it all these And everyone just started getting on the net. And I was like, I don't know. I thought this was a good idea, but some of you guys aren't ready for this thing. And that's why Gen Z is because they got to see all of these bad things, bad issues of what uh, how other people have used it. So they're just kind of ready for it because the rest of you guys aren't. Some of you aren't. Some of you have no what? idea that like uh, how this thing works, gets on it. It, it. There's so many easy grandma adjust buttons that you end up spinning up crap and just spewing other crap that you've learned online. And then such... Yeah, and just like Reinhold said, it's like yeah, it's easy to propagate propaganda because we have no center of truth. Because even though someone does have something, our education system has falsely taught people how to one read, you know, edu- uh, like studies and how to bring different things together. the The our education system has also made people stupid, dumb, and ignorant. They've actually been hip to be ignorant. You know, most people will we have these stupid paper degrees out there. All these people have these stupid paper degrees that have learned nothing. They basically somehow paid and got their way through college. And so they have a, I've got a bachelor of arts, a bachelor of science, and I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm this type of scientist or mathematician, but they don't know crap. They don't know anything. I'm not even talking about humanities. They just, their math is terrible. They have terrible logic. You know, they have no, and then they look down on people who don't have these degrees because like they view themselves like a, uh, better than everyone else when i tell you like i will take any of them on with a truck driver who listened to podcast all day because that guy's probably at least, more probably technically more well read than you are
0: <laughs> yeah so to uh so he kind of brings up a point reinhold made in the section called things fall apart historically civilizations have relied on shared blood gods and enemies to counteract the tendency to split apart as they grow What holds together large and diverse secular democracies Like the United States or India Social scientists have identified At least three major forces that collectively Bind together successful democracies Social capital uh, Extensive social networks with high levels of trust Which we talked about civil society in a bonus episode A couple weeks ago Strong institutions So for instance when a president tries to uh, Basically just stay in office Strong institutions were able to force him out And shared stories Social media has weakened all three to see how we must understand how social media has changed over time, and that's then he gets into the viral stuff.
4: I would, on the trust thing, and I think the trust thing is a very important part of this discussion, um, I don't think social media is to blame for the loss in trust.
0: No, I think Iraq is. I mean, Vietnam, Iraq, well, Watergate, it, but it's, but it's, a, it's a continuous the, slide.
4: The, 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 what is to blame for the lack of trust in institutions is that the institutions themselves are not trustworthy and because of the um, increase in how, you know, we have so many more ways of learning things and seeing things. We have cameras. I mean, look at the trust in police. I mean, people are learning more and more. You know, everyone's, oh, the police are more dangerous. They're more violent. They're more everything than they've ever been. No, they're not. They're actually much more professional than they used to be. So a funny, have, funny anecdote. We have cell phones that we can record everything yeah. so we know about it. So my, so my that's what's happening. Eighteen. Sorry. This is how
0: uh, uh, libertarian my in laws are. My eighteen year old sister in law um, read a story about a police officer helping a stray cat or something, and had <laughs> no concept that that police did anything other th-
4: than hurt people. <laughs> like they helped. It was so funny yeah.
0: the realization.
4: And so and so part of it is people. In in one regard, many of the institutions are just not as trustworthy as they used to be. They are Mm -hmm. doing things to lose the trust actively. I mean, look at Fauci. How much has he degraded the trust in the institution of the Centers Mm -hmm. for Disease Control? The past three years have completely destroyed Americans' trust in that institution. That's Mm -hmm. not social media's fault. That's the institution's fault. And so the problem—I mean, we're losing trust in our society. But the fix isn't to ban, you know, to ban social media. The fix is to build new institutions that are trustworthy. I've, I've, so I've got a
3: great thing that happened, 1995. Right. Uh, there's an author named Terry Pratchett. Harry knows who I'm talking about because I went so on do I. a lot. lot. Recently, I've read on most a, of his books. Right. So he had an interview with Bill Gates in 1995 for GQ. <laughs> And he states that he said he was talking to to Bill Gates about the future of the Internet, and he said he was concerned. He says, let's say I call myself the Institute of something or other, and I decide to promote a spurious treatise saying that the Jews were entirely responsible for the Second World War and that the Holocaust didn't happen. Now. And it goes out there on the Internet and is available on the same terms as any other piece of historical research, which has undergone peer review and everything else. There's mm-hmm. a kind of parity of esteem of information on the net so mm-hmm. that if it's out there, it's equal to other pieces of information, equal rights, you know, e- equal time. Um, he says it's all there. There's no way of finding out whether this stuff has any bottom to it or whether someone has just made it up. Now, Gates did not agree with him. Gates responded with saying that the electronics give us a way to classify things. You will have authorities you will have authorities on the net and because an article is contained in their index it will mean something. The whole way that you can check somebody's reputation will be so much more sophisticated on the net than it is in print. Now, who do you think was right? The problem is okay. society wasn't ready for this. This is like I've been saying before I love libertarianism. I think libertarianism is the way to go. I don't think society's ready for it full blown libertarianism. We have to get people to that direction. It's the same thing with pure democracy. Nobody, this stuff that's happening is proving that we aren't there yet as a society. We need to get there. We need to work towards it. Well, but there's going to be a lot of stops and bumps and failures I mean, this along is, the way to get this there. This is right.
4: just the latest evolution in the transformation of information sharing in our in our world you know and you saw the same type yeah. of upheaval with every other one too mm-hmm. yeah remember I think- that
3: that interview was 1995 there was foresight foresight into this people yeah. saw this coming <laughs> yeah.
4: and we will eventually get gatekeepers but what we want is the gatekeepers to be society and culture and people themselves and not facebook or the washington times or the new york exactly
0: what i've been arguing like the second you start moderating what people can say politically you you're not the good judge of that they're a horrible judge of that they're
4: yeah
0: banning vaughn for bleach memes from three years ago yeah there's no reason that vaughn isn't a responsible person on the internet uh you know like the uh, on the internet not in real life um (laughs) but the reality is that this is where we're at. And that, so I think Harry, make your point, And then we ought to talk about what we ought to do as we finish up this episode. Oh, well, they go back
2: to those things. It's like when people started like weaponizing the ban button. And then I think the other problem we have are people, like I said, like they just use Facebook to, you know, that is internet to them. And, and then being stuck in these places, it, it prevents, us having to be able to have like a, like this thing is an authority, or I, because I think so many things that went to the internet, they try to mimic things in, in the in real life space yeah. for that type of like of authority figure. And exactly a lot of that is also being dragged out, I think. Um we have also have older generations, their souls are too weighed down by the gravity of this world, and they don't want to ascend to do to get to anywhere else. Um what they are, you know. Yeah, you know, it's the, the you can. Regardless of anyone wants to realize this or not, but education is technically free. It's freaking out there. You can get your bachelor's degree in physics on the internet. You can. It's out there. MIT's been giving away, uh, like, sort of, like, basically, uh, uh, like, courses for the last, what, what, 10 plus years online for free? You just take an MIT course? They're great. They're awesome. You go ahead and do one. Um and but is MIT the end all be all of technical schools? Heck no, you can go to Purdue, there's Purdue does stuff like like this, or you can just read a freaking book or your freaking library. And I think people's lack of imagination being hampered by a lot of these things are letting them think, you know, because
0: uh, so know. so I think the correct position is don't buy into the fear-mongering that, that <clears throat> the internet is bad no. and that social media is going to kill you, but you do need to be very aware, especially with your kids, that this is a harmful substance, and you need to parent, and you need to use it. And let me say something to you, to Channel Miss Pat. The, the If you talk to social workers or teachers, especially social workers in elementary schools, the symptoms of neglect in children are at epidemic proportions right now and it's not because more kids are being neglected by their parents for any reason other than they're just on their phone all the time if you're a parent i have to do it all the time this morning i'm sitting there and she's like will you play with me and i'm like playing civilization on my ipad and i'm like no no i'm just relaxing she's like please pretty please and i'm like yeah okay let's play like i have but I didn't want to, I didn't want to play with her. I wanted to just relax and play my game and watch Andy Griffith, but Mm -hmm. you have to at some point put down the device and, and engage in your kid's life. And we had conversation and it was fun. Uh, And so I've really had to kind of take that piece of information from a couple of social worker friends and adopt that. in how we parent the child, the Mm three-year-old, because I don't want her to feel neglected.
4: Uh, And being That's on also social a work balance work life balance issue yeah. as well yeah because exactly a lot, of people, a lot of those parents are glued to their cell phones because they have to be for work this no- this that-
0: nonsense notion that you have to be connected 24 yep. 7 right yep. and yep. just say to your work employer no they can't Correct. fire you because they can't replace you right now
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is, especially right now yeah yeah you hit that you give your employer the line like hey you know what uh you can call me after five o'clock but understand that i'm gonna be
4: drunk <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so I think you you there's a lot of yeah, benefits here and you have down. to remember the benefits of uh, all right around the horn real quick we gotta get going here uh, Harry, final thoughts
2: My final thoughts on this thing is yeah social media is a poison and you should actually understand that it is and regulated it as such uh, I think it shouldn't be regulated as tobacco I think it should be regulated like it's kind of like alcohol with your kids and by regulation I'm not talking about some government regulation you should regulate yourself with your own community and how you want to do so in your own family. You don't need the government to come down and put a regulation for it. You can do it yourself. If you need help with it, go ahead, reach out to that local tech person that you know. They will help you with your kids in doing that. Um, It despises me that I have to get my kid online to a GUI interface because that's what our school wants to do. I wanted my my daughter to first piece of tech she ever touched or technology would have to be, well, the command line, just like I did. Just a blinking (laughs) cursor, blinking at her on a nice, you know, like, you know, old black and white screen. I had the Tandy set up and ready to go. And school's like, nope, they're getting Chromebooks. I'm like, oh, God, this is awful. It's terrible. hate it. Hate Alpha Goog. But, yeah, that's, you know, that's my...
0: Uh, Reinhold. Kind of
3: yeah, I just think that we need to... So there's a problem with social media. We need to figure out what to do about it, how to best kind of mitigate the damage that can be done while still elevating the positives. But the real issue's got to be we've got to figure out as a society how we're going to handle... Information sharing in a way that is not giving elevation to things that are entirely wrong, entirely unfactual, made up, propaganda, etc. We have to have sources of authority that we can go to. We have to have ways that we can say, okay, this, you know, the idea of Snopes was probably a great idea. The, the fact that the owner of Snopes decided to go a different political direction with it is unfortunate, but the idea of having a place that was non biased and would look at things and say this is true, this is not true. Here's the facts. Here's the evidence. Look it up for yourself. Figure it out. Those types of things are what's going to help us. There's been a lot of times in history where, like the Republicans or the Democrats are trying to push a, a fake story about somebody, just like they did Dan Rather with with uh, Bush. And social media, which at the time was just called internet, within 24 hours had proven him to be that completely be completely wrong because the type facing and everything else on the letter and all that stuff. So all that stuff happened years ago, but we just need to figure out how we are going to find those sources of truth and information and how to elevate things that are true and de elevate and diminish all the uh, conspiracy theories and propaganda and everything else that's out there. So I think that's the biggest key and clickbait articles aren't going to help uh, news media having all these uh, opinion shows where they just talk and talk and talk about things to try and get people propagandized that's not helping none of this stuff is helping
4: you know we need we need to really focus on what the
0: you, you can only trust yourself. us so donate to our patreon Vaughn
4: <laughs> okay um, oddly I found my my closing comments are actually going to be something I wrote two years ago about social media um, but I wrote, whenever there is a new technology, innovation, or mode of communication, it is quickly followed by a fear that this is the thing that will destroy humanity. When the printing press was invented, when dime novels became a thing, when newspapers happened, when radio went online, when TV came, in every case there was a panic. Sermons were preached against the new thing, sermons were preached against teddy bears, for example. Um, speeches given, political parties formed, articles written, all to warn people of the new evil thing that society can never recover from. Teddy bears, bicycles, cars, airplanes, pocket mirrors, dime novels, pamphlets, all were said to mean the end of civilization and the dire predictions of doom were never realized. Every single time when reminded of these past failures to predict the end, we are told, but this time it's different. This time it's too powerful, too much, too fast. And every time our society acclimates itself to the new technology and figures out how to use it. Social media can be a huge blessing. Imagine what this pandemic would be like without it. Imagine what the 1918 flu was like when you couldn't DM your grandma to see how she's doing. You couldn't set up a Zoom with your high school friends in lieu of your 20th anniversary. Right now, I can go to the Facebook wall of any of my friends I'm worried about to see how they're doing. I can send them a quick word of encouragement or support. I can joke around in my group chats and get to know new people. Without Facebook or other similar technologies, and hopefully we'll get some better ones, high-risk people in churches wouldn't be able to attend the church services without being exposed to COVID-19. This was written during the pandemic, by the way. They would be stuck at home alone. Do people use technology for evil? Absolutely, all the time. It doesn't take long for us humans to figure out how to use a new thing in a very bad way, but we also find good ways to use them, ways to help each other, love each other, and care for each other. Instead of panicking over how something new is destroying society, think about how we can use it to do good. It's a tool. It can be used to destroy, but it also can be used to build. All right.
0: Very good. Thank you to Vaughn. Thank you to Harry. Thank you to everybody that's listening and to our patrons. We appreciate you being here. Make sure you go and download the podcast and any podcast app. That helps us a lot. And be sure to uh, just be nice to people. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week.